Welcome to the Accessible South Africa Travel Podcast. This is a podcast where we discuss travel in South Africa and beyond for persons with disabilities and special needs with our host, Lois Strachan. Join us as we share inspiring stories of people who travel, exciting, accessible travel experiences, and showcase service providers who will accommodate those with special needs. And now, on with the show. today's episode of the Accessible South Africa Travel Podcast. It's really great to have you with us. I'm your host, Lois Strachan. Today's interview is a slightly different direction for us. Usually we deal with the more visible disabilities, like mobility impairments, visual impairments, or hearing impairment. Today, we're going to talk about psychosocial disabilities with Charlene Zunkel of the Global Mental Health Peer Network. She's the founder and CEO, so it was great to have a chance to chat to her about this so seldom addressed topic. Then, in our service provider spotlight, we're taking you to Greenpoint Urban Park to find out a little bit about their accessibility. Now, let's meet with Charlene and see what she has to share with us. On the Accessible South Africa Travel Podcast, we're interviewing Charlene Zunkel, who is the founder and CEO of the Global Mental Health Peer Network. Charlene, thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Happy to be part of this and especially addressing the psychosocial disability side of travel. I think it's something that we haven't looked at before in the podcast, so I'm really excited to hear some of your experiences and the advice that you have for other listeners who also live with psychosocial disabilities. Charlene, just to start off with, would you mind introducing yourself to our audience and just telling us a little bit of who you are and what you do? Right, yeah. Um... I've been diagnosed with schizophrenia many, many years ago, uh, 1991. So, yeah, schizophrenia is, a, is a, one of the most severe of mental illnesses. And uh, it quite had an impact on my life. I spent several years in institutions where I experienced a lot of abuse at the time. And also experiences the effects of stigma because, unfortunately, mental illness, there's high levels of stigma attached to that or psychosocial disability, as we can refer to it. So basically that abuse and the stigma and everything led to my current career where I'm very much focused on promoting the rights of people with psychosocial disabilities um, and also with a strong uh, human rights element to it. So I've been working in the field since 2003. Uh, I was quite fortunate to also get involved internationally. Um, I serve on quite a number of national 
and international boards and committees. Um, kind of from a, a person with lived experience perspective, um, providing inputs into various uh, projects internationally and as well as documents. So recently I founded the Global Mental Health Peer Network. So now I'm the founder slash CEO. And that is also an organization of people with psychosocial disabilities, but it's an international organization. So we also look at the same thing, promoting rights and so on. That sounds like fascinating and very much needed work that you do. And from what it sounds like, just from that brief introduction, it would seem like you are definitely no stranger to travel. Can you share just a little bit with us of the sort of traveling that you've done, both um, for business and in leisure time? Well, I travel quite extensively, mainly for work. I don't really get much time for leisure. <laughs> um, I travel <laughs> essentially almost uh, at least once a month. Uh, um, and unfortunately, in most cases, I don't really get time to explore the countries that I visit. Oh, here and there, I've had the opportunity. I think I've been to probably close to around 15 countries um, over, yeah, over the past 10 years, I would say. And you've also done a fair amount of travel locally in South Africa and in Southern Africa. Yeah, yeah, I've done a lot of traveling in South Africa as well. And that was also, I think you have to actually travel in your own country as well, not only overseas. Um, but it's really an uh, excellent experience. Oh, that's good to hear. And what I'd like to do is really to delve down into some of the details of your experience of travel, some of the, the challenges that you face and how you overcome them. So can we talk about kind of the logistics of what types of things impact on you when you travel and how do you go about the day-to-day -day activities associated with traveling? Yeah, for me, okay, it may sound like quite simple things, but it's actually very important things. For me, it's very important to have an aisle seat, first of all. And preferably, I always try to select a seat as far back to the plane as possible because I find it quite difficult to be among a lot of people to kind of be how can I say, squashed in in the middle and I can't get away, uh, that causes anxiety. The other problem that I do experience is my antipsychotic medication, which I normally take at night. Um, it really knocks me out. And it causes me to be kind of disorientated when I take it. So when I fly long distances, I can't really take the full dosage of the medication. Another important thing of managing my condition is also sleep is very important. I need at least eight hours sleep. But for me to sleep on a, a plane, an aeroplane, um, and also not being able to take my full dose of medication does cause a bit of a problem um, because I'm a bit scared of taking the full dose and I'm disorientated and I don't know where I am. And the other problem is also my medication makes me quite thirsty. So I tend to drink a lot of fluids, which means, of course, I need the loo more often. So my seat is normally chosen close to the loo as well. Um, 
so yeah so my day to day so i need to plan also very extensively um i get frantic when things are at the last minute i really the way ahead of the travel i normally check my flight tickets my accommodation make sure i know the addresses the times and everything so that i'm not put in a last minute situation and i don't know what's going on and those are the types of factors that will impact on your your um i don't like what you said condition but on your schizophrenia and your ability to adjust to the travel experience yes yeah that is that's correct um yeah if if we go to have a look at the uh, challenges also especially with a full dosage it is very important um to take you know antipsychotic medication the same amount kind of the same times so you can imagine sometimes the time zones differ as well which also makes mm. it a bit uh, mm. difficult and it's easy for me then to start hallucinating because i don't take the full dosage i would imagine where for someone like myself who's visually impaired or someone who travels in a wheelchair those we have very visible signs of our disability and that has a certain impact on the way we are received and treated by the other people on the plane and by the the travel um the air stewards and and the stewardesses do you find that there's a more of a challenge due to the invisible nature of your disability yeah most definitely um i would not i, I know other people with physical or visible disabilities normally announce to the airline you know that they have a disability i don't because of stigma and people do treat you differently and you know i think especially with schizophrenia people tend to think you are a danger mm. and i don't want to take the risk of being uh, not allowed on the plane because now i'm perceived as being dangerous so i kind of only managing these things on my own wow that's that's quite a challenge because then in effect you don't have any additional support or services around you as perhaps we do those of us who have a visible disability i yeah. want to i want so to unfortunately it is now i'm saying that unfortunately yeah that that is the case you know so uh people i suppose in the in the, in the other flip side as well is they don't know how to accommodate you if they can't physically see what your needs are oh, that's true are there any sort of apps or technologies that you're able to use to make the experience a little bit smoother a little bit easier for you and if so what type of technologies do you use when both in the planning and the implementation of your travels yeah first of all i always make use of the airline apps okay some are better than others <laughs> but uh, they're quite helpful um, especially those that kind of also do have a reminder of step by step like 
you're just you know, giving you a notification, you just checked in your luggage, the next one would be your boarding at this time, at this gate. And then, you know, your um, the next thing, your flight is on time, those kind of uh, updates. I also make use of the phone, the calendar reminders. So I set reminders, you know, so when to check in online with the, with the apps, through the apps. Another nice um, app that I actually recently discovered is called Trello. I'm not sure if you're familiar with that. Um, so I slot in all my flight details from my, uh, and you can actually upload an image or a file to your travel cards. And right there in one app, I can have my flight ticket, my accommodation, the address, info, you know, my ground transportation, everything. So this app is proved to be very helpful to me. Can you just tell us the name of that app again and possibly spell it for our listeners? It's called Trello, T-R-E-L-L-O. It's actually an app that helps you arrange your tasks, you know, your work-related tasks. Mm -hmm. I suppose you can use it for private tasks as well. But it's really comprehensive and you can upload and attach files and whatever to it. So it's, it's really helpful. That sounds exciting. It sounds like a great asset and a great resource to, to, for our listeners to learn about. Are there other apps that you use or are those, are those the ones that you want to share with us today? Those are basically the only ones that I use, yes. Okay, great. Well, thank you for that. In your travels, I want to get into some of the specifics. What sort of challenges have you faced and how have you overcome them? I once, I normally, as I mentioned, I always allocate, you know, checking online so I can select my seat according to my preferences. And there was once that I actually arrived by the boarding gate and they changed my seating to uh, in the middle seat at the last minute. And it was not what I selected. So I, of course, went into complete panic mode. So I had to state my case uh, and to ask, you know, to say that I, I cannot sit uh, in the middle. You know, it just makes, causes me a lot of anxiety. And But they were quite friendly and resolved the issue and gave me an seat. Um I think other challenge, probably the biggest challenge, the long distance ones, uh, for example, to the U.S., it's quite a long flight. Mm. Um, the lack of sleep uh, and the reduced meds. I often find that when I arrive on the other side, I start hallucinating. I normally say to people, when things that aren't supposed to move, move, then I know I need to go take a nap. So wow. <laughs> that's how I kind of get to that. <laughs> you also mentioned um, the the need to adjust your medication if you're traveling through different time zones, how do you manage that particular um, example? Because for me, as a as a diabetic taking insulin, I have a similar sort of thing that, you know, my my, my dosages need to be taken at specific times. So that that's quite a challenge as well. How do you manage that one? Yeah, I, I'm trying to work on even if it's like night on, on the night issue because I take my antipsychotics at night. So I'm just trying to push it to, to a night mm. because I obviously can't take it, let's say, 
uh, when it's during daytime because I'm, I'm going to sleep because yes. it really knocks me out. I'm just playing it by night, yeah. Wow. That's, I can see that becoming quite a, uh, quite a, quite something to manage as well. In your travels, I, I appreciate the fact that you travel a lot for work, but maybe you could share some of your favorite travel experiences with us, some of your favorite places you've been to or places that you would like to go back if you did have the time to actually go and spend more time there as a, on, on a holiday. Yeah, I uh, probably my favorite country is actually the Netherlands, actually uh, the city Amsterdam. And fortunately, I go there every year for board meetings. So I took a few days extra one time and I did a bit of a tour there and I actually loved it. Uh, so if I ever had a choice of wherever I can live in the world, I'll definitely choose Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. My other great story was from Thailand. Um, it was Chiang Mai. Uh, I attended a workshop there and I also had some time to kind of tour. And uh, we visited, we spent some time at the elephant school. That was excellent. Um, When you arrive in the morning, you wash, you you check how the handlers of the elephants wash them in the river. And then you are able to feed them. And then you actually have, they put up shows. And the elephants actually paint paintings. (laughs) They the paintbrush in the the elephant's (laughs) trunk and it paints a beautiful scenery. Apparently it takes like five years to teach them to paint that specific scenery. So that was very interesting. I absolutely loved it. And they played soccer, the elephants, they do all (laughs) kinds of (laughs) things. That sounds like an extraordinary Uh, experience. Yeah, no, that was, that was really nice. And also visited like the tigers, spent some time with tigers. It was slightly scary, but <laughs> it was nice. Um, and also the Buddhist temple, that was mm. really beautiful. It was like just gold everywhere. Wow. I also love India very, very much because of the interesting culture to it. But I'm also fortunate there again to visit India every year because I lecture at the Indian Law College. Ah, it sounds like you've had some marvelous travel experiences. Um, So thank you for sharing a few stories with us. If you were to give a service provider, a tour operator, or, or anyone in the travel industry some advice on how to make the experience of travel a bit easier for someone with a psychosocial disability, what advice would you give them? I think, first of all, they need to include psychosocial disability explicitly in their policy and not just kind of the broader disability perception. I think they really, because as you also noted, you know, there's quite a difference in reasonable accommodations for someone with a visible disability uh, than someone with a psychosocial disability. And I think when these policies, it's also important to avoid terminology that's kind of discriminatory because I've seen some of these policies and they refer to if you are of unsound mind, I Mm. don't like that word. And also not to make assumptions that persons with psychosocial disability are dangerous. Uh, And reasonable accommodations, um, 
yeah, as I said, is also quite different. Um, I know with uh, people who are blind, like, you know, you have your guide dog. There's now quite a big thing, but it's not that much in South Africa, uh, emotional support animals, or yes. therapy animals. I, I noticed that I think it's Delta now allows for someone with a psychosocial disability to have a support animal on board. Um, and then also, not to make last changes, it just causes anxiety. Yeah, so those are basically the, the recommendations I would make. Well, thank you for that, because I think the more we can share knowledge and give people better understanding of the types of experiences that do make a difference, the better that the experience will be for all of us all around. Any future travel plans? I suppose I, I see that you're just back from Dubai. In fact, I think you said you got back yesterday. So it sounds like you're looking forward to spending a little time at home. But any future travel plans in in the in the making? Yeah, unfortunately, I won't have that much time home. In in a week's time, I'm off to New York, and then Ghana, and then Kenya, Portugal, US, Netherlands, and then India. Those are the planned ones for the rest of the year. Oh my goodness, that's quite an extensive travel itinerary. <laughs> Charlene, if some of our listeners would like to contact you to either to find out more about psychosocial um, conditions or to to just connect with you about the work that you're doing, how can they contact you? Well, they can contact me via email. Um, I think that's probably the easiest. Um, it's all one word, global mental health PN network at gmail.com. They're also welcome to visit uh, our website, www.gmhpn.org. That's great. Thank you for sharing that. As a final question, I'm sure that you've experienced the same thing as, as I have, that often people who are differently abled are concerned about traveling, that they feel more anxiety approaching the topic of travel. And because of that, so often people don't get out and see what's in the world around them. What advice would you give for someone with your condition to, to help them feel less anxious about getting out and exploring the world? I I think when, when you have a, a disability, you often place limitations on yourself. And I think sometimes that prevents you from, and you deny yourself the opportunity to travel. Um, but traveling really broadens your mind and you meet people and you become a global citizen. Um, I think the experience is so much more uh, worthy than going through the anxiety. Remember, the anxiety and the concerns are short-lived. Um, and the more you travel, the more confident you actually become. And later on, you won't really worry about all those things. And you look forward to seeing the world. That's wonderful words. And thank you for sharing those with our listeners. Today, we've been talking to Charlene Zunkel, who is the CEO and founder of the Global Mental Health Peer Network. Charlene's an experienced traveler 
In fact, I look at her list of travels and I see her on Facebook and I really love to see her experiences as she gets out into the world and travels to some amazingly exciting places. Charlene, thank you so much for sharing your your knowledge, your insights about travel with us on the Accessible South Africa Travel Podcast. Thank you very much for having me. It's been a real pleasure. And I'm sure that we will connect with you sometime, somewhere, on a flight. It was really great to chat to Charlene's uncle of the Global Mental Health Peer Network and to learn a little bit more about some of the challenges that she faces as a person traveling with schizophrenia. In future episodes, we hope to return to the topic of psychosocial disabilities to understand more about how these crucial and often invisible conditions impact on the experience of travel. Now it's time for the Service Provider Spotlight. This is where we try to spotlight a service provider or venue who accommodate the needs of those of us with disabilities. Today, we're staying in Cape Town and going to the Greenpoint Urban Park. One of the most lovely features of this park is that it has a labyrinth. And it's an accessible labyrinth that can accommodate not only wheelchair users, but it also has spaces for wheelchairs to sit next to the benches, and it has a touch labyrinth as well. The restaurant and tea in the park is also accessible for wheelchair users, and the park has accessible restrooms. If you're in Cape Town and are near the Greenpoint area, we encourage you to go along to this lovely park and experience some of the beautiful facilities. As always, you can find out more on the Accessible South Africa website, www.accessiblesouthafrica.co.za, where you'll find a listing for the Greenpoint Urban Park under the Public Spaces tab. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please let us know what you think by emailing us on podcast at accessiblesouthafrica.co.za or by contacting us on social media on Accessible South Africa on Facebook or Instagram or at Accessible SA on Twitter. Till next time, happy travels everyone. it from us for this time. You can find Accessible South Africa on the web at accessiblesouthafrica.co.za or on Facebook and Instagram at Accessible South Africa or on Twitter at Accessible SA. You can also email us at podcast at accessiblesouthafrica.co.za. Editing by Deirdre Gower. Our theme music is by Louis Chichao based on a motif by Lois Strachan. Credits read by Andre de Toy, the big positive guy. Thanks for joining us on Accessible South Africa Travel Podcast. We'll see you next time. And until then, happy travels. Mm-hmm.